Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Four shots of espresso and a grande black coffee? That ought to keep me awake for the next hour. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, uh, coming to you on a nice sunny Tuesday. And on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show, well, if you remember back to when I did a trade at uh, the Columbus Pipe Show for a pipe that I bought at the Chicago Pipe Show, I'm going to finalize that trade and kind of walk you through how I ended up and I've spent my money now. So we get that. Don't know how to explain that, but uh, I'm, how about this recap of Brian's pipe trading? Uh, and then my guest is uh, a local to me and somebody I've known since he was really young. It's Matthew McCraney, third generation of McCraney's Pipe and Tobacco Shop here in Charlotte. And uh, interesting part was uh, talking to him about how he had to rebuild their uh, custom blends of pipe tobaccos after McClellan left. Uh, and then we've got uh, music by request, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And before we get started, remember, if you have a Ask the Pipe Maker or a Ask the Tobacco Blender question, please email that to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Uh, if you are organizing a pipe show, please email me the information, brian at pipesmagazine.com, and send it to kevin at pipesmagazine.com, and we will get that information up on the website to tweet and make sure and mention it here. And uh, guest suggestions. Yeah, I know. It's the top of the year. So uh, guest suggestions, let me know. I have a request of you. If you are a pipe smoker that has been smoking a pipe for five to ten years and would like to come on the show, uh, we've done the young, we've done the old, now we're doing the middle. Five to ten years of pipe smoking experience and you want to come on the show and be, and be here with me? Well, just email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. All right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and here we go. There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mielefolge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, here's the recap of my uh, of my pipe trade. And uh, if the numbers are too big for you or offend you because of the dollar amounts, well, just take a zero off the end, and that'll make it more into into you know whatever whatever price bracket you're in. Just take that take the decimal off or take the zeros off, and you'll you'll understand. Just follow along. So when I went to the Chicago Pipe Show, I went there with. Uh, I believe seven pipes that I that needed to be culled from the herd, and when I left the Chicago Pipe Show, I left with three pipes. All right, so I took those, traded for three. I ended up coming back with just a hair more cash, maybe like a hundred bucks. All right, so I had three pipes and a hundred bucks. Then one of the pipes, the uh, just didn't work out for me. 
Uh, it just wasn't a fit for me. And it was a uh, Yes Conowitz Sandblast with a with the rare acrylic stem on it. And I took that to uh, Shane at Smoking Pipes and said, Shane, what's this worth in trade credit to you? And he gave me a number, and I was very happy with that number. And here's what it ended up converting into. So that happened back in August. Uh, in September, I got a J. Allen Sandblasted Lumberman. Uh, in uh, A little bit later, in October, I ordered a total of uh, eight 50-gram tins of tobaccos. Uh, one of them was the uh, Savinelli Janus that I wanted to review here on the show. And then in uh, a little bit later in October, it, cha- it changed into a Jody Davis sandblasted bent egg shape. And then it still was going and going. In November, uh, I liked the Janus so much that I bought more. I bought a couple of tampers and some accessories. And then finally, in the past week, and I posted it yesterday on uh, on my uh, social media stuff, uh, it turned into a J. Allen Smooth, which is my first J. Allen Smooth. And I bought on the Smoking Pipe sale a brand new Ashton Sandblast, an old church. Uh, it's the old church finish, which is their Sandblast with a silver army mount and uh, it's got a really cool kind of uh, green and reddish cumberland swirly stem Uh, and again just you know a brand new pipe which is rare for me to actually buy a brand new pipe Uh, so if you go back and look at that it's one pipe turned into five four pipes and about 15 tins of tobacco and a couple of accessories and those pipes, in my mind, will give me a whole lot more uh, pleasure and enjoyment than that one pipe did. Gives me a couple of different shapes in my collection, especially that bent egg, which is a little bit of a bigger pipe. Uh, gives me my first smooth J. Allen pipe. And uh, gives me a brand new ashton pipe which uh, i've now put one bowl through it and i'm doing my my uh my pre-smoking routine with it which is you know smoke it real hot for five minutes and then let it sit and smoke it real hot for five minutes again and let it sit and cool off you know just trying to help speed up that uh, that break-in process although with the uh with the oil curing that ashton does you know there's really not much of a oil curing process uh because it is a stacked uh, the bowl is almost a little bit over two inches tall. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to work the bottom of that bowl a little bit longer than I would normally on like an inch and a half bowl. So, uh, yeah, again, it's just nice to have a, a tall, slender pipe. And I know that like this pipe in particular will be great in the car for a long drive because it's not that heavy. I mean, it's like 41 grams, something like that. Uh, forget the exact number. But so it gave me... Uh, more of an assortment and introduced me back into this is my first uh, Jimmy Craig made era Ashton pipe so that's nice and it just gives me a different assortment of stuff and I and different sizes and different shapes Uh, so that was the end that's the idea is find those find those pipes that really work for you and give you the enjoyment per you know, per smoke that you're expecting, give you that value that you're looking for in each smoke. And if you get a pipe, as long as you buy it at the right price, like, you know, as as long as you get the right price out of the pipe, you can always trade back out of it. Kind of like what I did with that Conowitz. And uh, just also the two other pipes that I bought in Chicago that I came back with, both smoking great and you know, living happily in my, uh, in my collection. In fact, one of them went on a trip with me. So that's how much I like that one. Uh, you know, this is the goal of curating your collection, curating your assortment is, and your rotation is finding pipes that fit in each category, uh, for what you might need, finding pipes that add something to your collection, like the smooth Jay Allen. It's the first smooth I've got from Jeff. 
uh, finding pipes that, you know, like the stacked, that's just a shape that I really don't own and now offers another opportunity for me. I'm really interested to see how that may do in the summer with the very light Virginia Periques or the straight Virginias. All right, so that's what happened. There's my uh, summary of uh, of the past six months or seven months of pipe purchasing, <laughs> and now I've um, now I have to start saving up my pennies and quarters and nickels and uh, you know for an, for my uh, pipe budget because now I've spent my allowance and I hope my wife's not listening because she thinks each pipe is you know twenty dollars. All right, there you go. All right, uh, in just a moment, my discussion with Matthew McCraney. <laughs> This is Internet Radio. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through SmokingPipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then, we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888 888- We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and joining me is someone I've known for, well, most of your life, (laughs) (laughs) because I really don't, I I think the first time I met you, I think your mom was dragging you kids into the store to drop off food or something, and God, you had to be, I don't know, six years old. Uh, but uh, third generation McCraney of McCraney's Pipe and Tobacco Shop, Matthew McCraney, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're finally old enough now to be on the show. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, you were actually on the show once before, and it was kind of on the, uh, I think, after the Sutliff uh, core show. Yeah. So that was four or five years ago. But this time, it's all about you and the history of your of the family business. So, first of all, remind everybody, how old are you now? I'm 26 now. 26. Yeah, so the first... Oh, God. All right, never yeah, mind. 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, yeah, I... Well, you had... Yeah, you had more hair than me then, too, so never mind. <laughs> Um, all right, Matthew, let's go back to the beginning. How your grandfather started the, started the store and the business. How did it get started and why did he decide to go into the pipe and tobacco business? Well, he was, a he was a contractor, uh, down in Florida, the Tampa area building convenience stores. And he was a frequent customer of Edwards pipe tobacco and he got to know them really well. And he just decided, yeah, you know what? I want to retire from contracting and open a store. So we ended up coming all the way up to Charlotte because he owned property in the mountains. (laughs) Now, for those that don't know, if you go to Lakeland, Florida, there is a McCraney's Drive and there's some other McCraney named streets. And that's actually your family, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he built all the houses on those streets. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, all right. So he comes up to Charlotte because he owned some mountain land, and he said, "All right, I'm going to build a pipe and tobacco shop here." Yep, Charlotte was the closest city, so that's, that's how we ended up here. <laughs> and what year was that? 1979. So, and did the store open as an Edwards originally and then switch to McCraney's? Yeah. Yeah, we opened as an Edwards originally, and we opened on in a shopping center called Sharon Corners, which is about five miles down the road from where we are now. And we moved, we moved to this location in 1984. 
1984, before I graduated from high school. Yeah. <laughs> and he actually, the building that we're in, which is, for everybody who doesn't know, is a freestanding building in the middle of Park Road Shopping Center. He, he built that building himself, too. And the building's got a few little secret spots in it that we won't tell anybody about because your dad, no, your grandfather liked to build little oddities into things, didn't he? Yes, he definitely did. Yeah. Um, and as a regular of McCraney's, although not as regular as I used to be, um, I can tell you that I don't think you guys have really redecorated or painted since it was opened. No, no. We have the original uh, scale... <laughs> The original, pretty much the original register. I mean, the light fixtures, every, nothing's changed, really. <laughs> <laughs> the The name of the McCraney's behind the counter is about all that's changed. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I will tell you that it, I mean, when you think of a brick and mortar pipe and tobacco shop, um, McCraney's is what I think of because if you, if you walk in there and a picture falls off the wall, you know exactly where it went because yep. <laughs> there's a, because there's a clean spot behind it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So your so your grandfather opens the business, then your dad and your uncle come into it. If I understand it correctly. Yes. Yeah. They, they came in and. They, they decided they wanted to be a part of it as well. And that's kind of when things started picking up a little bit because the cigar boom started. Yeah. And we actually had a walk-in humidor from the very beginning, which wasn't as common back then. Yeah, and let, we'll, we'll talk about cigars for a minute too because uh, your grandfather struck up a relationship with this cuban immigrant guy named uh named fuente and yeah. <laughs> if i if i understand it right uh that store is the first fuente dealership in the carolinas i i believe that is true i've never confirmed that with them but if you would if you would have asked my grandfather that yeah that's how it happened <laughs> Yeah, so if you ever want really rare Fuentes, uh, I'm not saying anything out loud here. Um, <laughs> pipe tobacco wise, do you know the? Do you know how McCraney, how the how your grandfather got introduced to McClelland? So it was through it was through the guys from um, from Edwards, and for a little bit there. He didn't want to carry it. <laughs> he was a very one brand kind of guy. So convincing him to bring in anything other than the brand that he used was not as easy. <laughs> as a former sales rep, I can agree with you 112%. <laughs> but we once, I, I think once he started really smoking it and getting to know them and well, not seeing how they do it, but <laughs> kind of hearing how they do it, he was more than happy to bring it in. All right, and I want—I just want to know what is what's your oldest what's your oldest memory of the store? My oldest memory of the store is probably coming in straight through the front door with my mom. My dad's behind the counter. There's a bunch of guys sitting there, and there was this statue we had and it terrified me for some reason <laughs> it is no longer here now that i'm here but <laughs> i remember that thing scared me but just the smell i mean it, it's hard to replicate that smell and you just you just know that there's 10 pipes burning <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the, and that's the other thing is i mean the McCraney's is a pipe and tobacco shop. It's, you know, pipes are an important part of your business and your, uh, you know, all your signage. It's pipes, tobaccos, and then cigars. Yep. And was that because your grandfather was such a dedicated pipe smoker? Yes. Yeah. 
every time every time we got a batch of pipes in he'd take one for himself just to make sure that it was our the <laughs> that the grouping was okay <laughs> and he made sure that we always had full stock of everything and having the quality pipes and tobacco was pretty important to him and everything else was just kind of you know secondary yeah and as a former sales rep i can tell you that i had a couple items in the store and if we ran out of them and couldn't supply him i didn't even go near the south side of charlotte because i was afraid <laughs> um so when did uh when did your dad and your uncle take over the business so my uncle got in around 90 91 92 i believe not exactly sure but my dad got there in 93 and, and, and did your dad try to escape the family business for a while no he was actually working with um a small another small family business retailer in charlotte called jamco and he, I think he really enjoyed it there, and he wasn't ready to leave there quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and before we go to the break here, what was the discussion like with your dad when you said, Dad, I want to come and work at the store? It was almost just like he knew it was coming. <laughs> I had been saying it my entire life that, yeah, I kind of already know what I want to do. I want to work in the family business. I want to sell pipes and cigars and tobacco <laughs> and now you're 26 how many years how many years have you been there uh seven years god i still remember the first time you got a chin hair right <laughs> uh, and refused to shave it because you thought you were cool <laughs> i was cool <laughs> yeah all right uh we're gonna take a break right here when we come back we'll talk with matthew about the uh about the custom blends and the reblending of all that stuff so stay with us we'll be back in just a minute since its beginnings in 1876 savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory it's become a lifestyle from sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black tie galas, Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Matthew McCraney of McCraney's Pipes, and Pipes, Tobaccos, and Cigars, kind of my home away from home. Uh, if my wife ever threw me out, I'd be living on the park bench out around the back corner. Um, Matthew, are you sure you're related to your dad? Uh, because you... I mean, one of the reasons why I haven't had your dad or your uncle on the show is because one word answers are really bad for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you must take after your mother more. I do. And luckily for everybody, I got my mother's personality. <laughs> yeah. And your mother's good looks, but that's why you're married now with one child and one child all yep. grown up and everything and all. Okay. never mind. All right, so so let's talk about uh, as as you said before, and I'm going to set you up for this perfectly. Are you ready? Yep. As you said before, your grandfather was dedicated to one brand or a couple of brands. Uh, so you're so McCraney's is not the store that you come into to see what's new and see this incredible display of thousands of whatevers. Uh, McCraney's is the one you come into and your grandfather tom would taste test and smoke and try everything and if it met his approval then it would go in the store so you had you know just a great selection of a a a very well curated selection of really good stuff that your grandfather stood behind right so that meant 
that when McClelland went away, uh, you had a you had a giant decision to make because a lot of your custom blended tobaccos were based off of McClellan product, right? Yes. Yeah, it was about 90% of what we carried, period, between tins and loose tobacco. Yeah. So talk us through the discussion that happened. How do you decide? I mean, there must have been a... There must have been a moment when you said, you know, well, screw the pipe tobacco business. There was a moment where we were considering just getting rid of the tobacco altogether um, and just going with whatever tins were left that we still carried, which at the time was basically just Peterson and Dunhill. Um, But there's just something about it. Looking at those empty jars that... It just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like McCraney's anymore. Yeah. And it wasn't long before I started ordering from everybody that was still out there, still left. Yeah, and you'd only... I started tasting them, trying them, and we went from there. You'd only been in the business for a couple of years at that point, and I I remember talking to you, and you were like, well, I'm going to... we're." I'm diving in hard and we're going to, we're going to really figure out what the pipe and tobacco market is outside of this. Yep. Um, yeah. Trying to find some good replacement blends and things that were similar. And that, and that's the key. Cause you went through a long process and kind of talk us through what, what happened in your head? How did this process work when you were, yeah, it's a you know, owner's choice and first light or kind of standbys there. Yeah, the, the the Red Virginia was the hardest thing to try <laughs> to replace. And there's still a lot of great Virginia pipe tobacco out there. But at the time, it was kind of, it was difficult to get the McClelland out of my mind. <laughs> So what was the what was the process? I mean, did you work on one blend at a time, or did you work on the entire portfolio at once? Because you, I mean, you had what 30, 30 blends that you were that you were replacing. Yeah, yeah, we had about about thirty or thirty five blends that we needed to replace, and I kind of jumped around from blend to blend, basically just kind of whichever one I felt like working with that day, and. The the first one that I really settled on and decided, yeah, this is this is what I want was Waverly, which is just a lightly sweetened Red Virginia, which that genre had been our staple for a long time, so it was definitely high on the priority list. <laughs> yeah, I know some people that were a little a uh, little cranky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so did. I mean, at that point, are you are you picking up the phone and calling every tobacco manufacturer out there and saying, send me samples of what you got of this, that, and the other, and let me play with it? Yep. Yeah, essentially, that's... I, they sent us sample sizes of everything, and I smoked them each individually first to see if I would even want to try to start blending with it. And then once I started blending with it, I went through a lot of pretty much unsmokable blends that i created at first (laughs) and and how's your tongue feeling (laughs) i think it's just now finally starting to recover (laughs) yeah so are you were you blending these in like one ounce samples that you were that you were trying or were you doing bigger or smaller well i i would try to start as with the smallest quantity that i could but it usually ended up being about eight ounces. That was typically the the tester amount of total, not just one ingredient. But yeah. some of them are much more complicated than others, and some of them are very simple blends. Because not everyone wants the most complex thing in the world. They want something that's familiar. And that's part of the portfolio that you that you had was you had some really simple, straightforward stuff, 
and uh, if I if I remember right, like the uh, the recipe for first light was basically we manipulated something and added a little bit of that, and that was it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and luckily for me, we've kept every scrap of paper that has ever been involved <laughs> with the business. So I had access to all the old blends, and if I saw an ingredient in there that was gone before I was even able to talk, <laughs> I could still look it up and figure out what it was. Were the uh, were the tobacco companies willing to work with you on these? Uh, you must have gone back and forth with them for for a year or two. No, a, a lot of them were actually pretty pretty easy going with it. They knew that it was kind of a weird <laughs> situation and I just kind of, I just started ordering whatever I could putting it in jars. And at first, you know, we just had, I think six blends once McClellan was gone, which was horrifying to look at. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get you get Waverly done. How how long into the pro? How many months are we into this now? That when you finally get Waverly, Waverly probably took me about about three months to make. Um, that one was definitely one of the easier ones to figure out because I had a blueprint for what I wanted, but then. Sterling Bridge, which is on the other end of the spectrum, probably took me over a year. So we're talking about a year of total time just working on that one blend in in amongst doing other things in the shop. Yeah. Are with these samples, are you letting them sit and when you're when you're tweaking them and working with them, are you letting them sit and marry for uh, you know, for a certain amount of time and trying to trying to figure out any little modifications yeah so a, a lot of times i'll if i'm making a new blend i'll smoke it right after i'm done blending it and then i'll let it sit for a week and i'll smoke it again and then i'll go back to it a month later did you try different size different size pipes different styles of pipes yeah typically i would so you'd go into your dad's pipe rack and go, uh, Dad, I'm borrowing this one. Yep. <laughs> and then move it into your pipe rack. Yes, it does not make it back to his. Oh, yeah. Well, we won't tell him <laughs> that. All right, so how many blends do you have right now that are custom blended just for McCraney's by you in the store? About 12 now. And how many are you working on now? I have I have 3 that I'm working on right now and one of them is done. It's just a matter of I just need to name it really. <laughs> <laughs> uh can we tell the story of the bag of perique that made everybody's eyes water and bleed? Yes, uh that was <laughs> perique was one of the hardest things to to find and, and source for blending. I got one bag of perique that when I opened it, a plume of dust came off of it because it was so bone dry that it I had to rinse my eyes out in the sink. <laughs> I remember coming in and you said, come and smell this or something like that. I think you called me and I was like, I'll come down and, you know, and then you wanted to make me cry too. And it was, <laughs> but I, 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 I mentioned that just to, just to talk about some of the trials and tribulations that you've gone through just to get to these 12 blends now. Yeah. Yeah. And then also what would be really unfortunate was there was a couple blends that I would give that month. And then I realized, no, this is not, this is not very good, which now I've wasted over a month on one <laughs> blend. Yeah. Now I got to start over. Yeah. All right. So if a new brand new pipe smoker comes in there, which I've done this, I don't know, three times in the past couple of past year or so, where I've walked in and said, all right, Matthew, <laughs> uh, 
um, as I've said before, I help them pick out the pipe and then I turn them over to you. And, uh, what are, uh, so what are your, I mean, you've got aromatics, English and Virginia's. What are some of your best sellers on the aromatic side, English and Virginia's? Yeah, so the, um, on the aromatic side, Coventry and Cavendish court are definitely our top sellers. Um, on the English side, Bannock and Argyle. Argyle is more of a full English, and Bannock's closer to a Scottish mixture. Then the Virginia side, it's definitely Waverly and Sterling Bridge. And did we ever find the Perique? <laughs> yes, I did finally find some Perique. Well, good. And that's that's our... Uh, that was why part of the reason why Sterling Bridge took so long, because that's our Virginia Perique, and the Perique was impossible to decide on <laughs> or find. Yeah, <laughs> uh, hopefully that didn't make you cry. <laughs> uh, you've got a pretty stout selection of pipes still. What are the key brands that you still carry, or brands that you do stock? Yeah, so we still carry a lot of Peterson, Savinelli, Rossi, but I like I really enjoy the higher end uh, lines just because they're so unique. But Costello, Sir Jacopo, Dunhill, um, people like that, we still have a healthy selection of, and the state pipes too, which are not on your website. Yes, we do have the state pipes on the website. Oh, um, it's a, it's its own section, but so like if we get in a state Savinelli, it won't be under the Savinelli section. It'll only show up under the uh, estate section. But yeah, we get a ton of estate pipes. And <laughs> we actually don't actively look for them. People seem to find us and bring them in, and we buy them all. Well, I mean, listen, wives have heard, I'm going to McCraney's to buy another pipe. And then you hear, oh, God. And then the next thing they know, you know, we've got all these estate pipes. Well, let's call McCraney, see if we can return them. Yep. <laughs> and and then you do all the cleaning of them. Yes. Yeah, I, I do all the cleaning, all the restoring and whatnot. Because uh, I find it, I find the estate pipes fascinating because you can find so many small names that you just you're like who is this and you start looking into it and you find out it's really a gbd pipe made for so-and-so's store and wherever <laughs> or a very old unsmoked dunhill from the 1920s or whatever and yes that's that's my pride and joy right now that yeah Dunhill pipe from 1919. I know that's the one you showed me and said, look at this. And I said, Oh, how much are you going to sell it for? And you said, ah, no, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, you know, remember I can still reach up and kick your butt and then run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then on the pipe tobacco side in the tins, you've got all the, you know, you, you personally have brought in a whole bunch of tin tobaccos from, and yes and a dirty little secret if i just want one tin of a tobacco to taste test i usually run to mccraney's and pick it up uh because matthew's buying almost everything that's available including your fairly good old esoterica account but we won't mention yes. that in public uh, yeah <laughs> uh, we've um we've expanded the tin selection pretty drastically um I, I wanted it to be about the same stock levels of when we had McClellan. And in order to do that, you got to bring everybody in. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask the question that all the, that all of us old timers are going to ask. And I have to ask it. Yep. Any chance of getting a McCraney's red ribbon again? There's a chance that we might, have another red Virginia there will never be another red ribbon but I've I looked for a long time 
to try to find a way to make another tinned exclusive for ourselves. Um, but as of right now, I'm not actively looking, but if one pops up, I will definitely jump on it. All right. And if one comes up, you let me know in advance. Yes. <laughs> so that way I can come down and taste test it and talk, you know, and, and if not, if you don't let me know in advance, I know where you work. I know where you live. <laughs> I will definitely call you and let you know. I can be dangerous. Uh, the website is McCraney's, M-C-C-R-A-N-I-E-S dot com. Uh, for those of you that are old and don't want to go on a website, uh, you can actually call them, and Matthew will put your order together for you. Yep. Uh Matthew, we'll wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite pipe? I have an old antiquary Costello, and it's got a plateau top to panel. I love it. And what is your favorite tobacco? Ooh, I jump around a lot, but right now I've been smoking a lot of that cobblestone camping. That's one of the one of the thousands of tins that you've got now, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite drink now that you're old enough? My favorite drink is Jura Scotch 12 year. Well, it has to be. Isn't that where the McCraneys are from? That's right. <laughs> See, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie or music? And no, fantasy sports is not on there, and video games are not on there, and you've got a child now, so stop it. Probably a movie. All right. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe-smoking-related memory? I have a lot, but yeah. the Chicago Pipe Show in particular, that the first time I went, and so far the only time, um, that was really neat, meeting a lot of those guys that knew my grandfather and had a lot of stories to tell about him and we're all just sitting there smoking pipes and talking about their good old days and <laughs> hopefully my good old future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause now that you've got a child, you got to keep the business going for, uh, for the next generation. Yep. That's right. And your, and your, your cousins come into the business too. Now he has, yes. Call McCraney. See, there you go. I, I, I just know him as fuzzy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Matthew McCraney, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for visiting. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but I may actually walk in your door more frequently. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blunder of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell & Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, really enjoyed visiting with Matthew. And, you know, of course, it's my home away from home. So if you're ever coming through Charlotte, do make sure and stop in there or uh, check them out online. All right. For music, uh, got an email a little bit back from uh, professor, composer, organist, uh, everything else he does, pipe smoker, Dan Locklear. And Dan said, uh, how has this missed me over the years? I do not know. Uh, British composer Thomas F. Dunhill of the same period as uh, Ralph Vaughn Williams and Gustav Holtz 
and later a faculty member at Royal College of Music in London, his alma mater, was the brother of Alfred Dunhill. Photos of him seem sparse, but perhaps he smoked a pipe. Uh, one of his brothers, <laughs> uh, well, he said, we'll have to launch a photo search. Uh, but knowing Alfred, he might have charged his brother. Uh, anyway, uh, Thomas Dunhill has, uh, there's several pieces available online that you can find and listen to. The one that Dan pointed me towards is the one I like the most. It is the Lyric Suite Opus 96. It's in five movements, so don't be surprised if you hear some silence in there. But I like this piece so much, I wanted to play the whole thing. So here is the uh, Lyric Suite by Thomas F. Dunhill.
I've now heard this about four times all the way through. All I could picture was 1890s, 1900s London, men dressed up in their finest, a crackling fire in the background, musicians over in the corner, and all these great pipes and cigars being smoked in the parlor, and this music just playing as all these men are sipping on cognacs, and I don't know, yeah, it looked like a, that's what, that's what came to my mind. Hope you enjoyed it. You've got mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email it to me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at pipesmagazine.com. Or you can post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Pipes Magazine. That's probably the best way to get it to me because I tend to lose stuff otherwise. Uh, going back to uh, two weeks ago, Drew writes, Hey, Brian, on episode 537, Dave Peterson made mention of discovering Yuli's tobaccos early in his pipe smoking journey. I started smoking pipes about 12 years ago and purchased my first pipe at a bookshop. The shop Pages and Pipes in Appleton, Wisconsin is no longer in business, but sold Yuli's tobacco alongside several house blends. Looking back, I was quite fortunate to be introduced to English blends through Yuli's early on. Uh, for anyone who has not tried Yuli's, I encourage you to do so. They have many great burly blends and sell online. Also, thank you for continuing the Las Vegas Pipe Show. It was a great time, and I look forward to attending for years to come. All the best for 2023, Drew in Las Vegas. Uh, Drew, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, God, it has to be seven, eight years ago that we had, uh, uh, we had the owners of Yuli's on the show. So if you go back and search for that, uh, you'll find that. And then, uh, last week's show, Bryant writes, hi, Brian, another great episode. Your advice on building a tobacco seller is very helpful. I've been doing it your way for almost a year and have a pretty decent stockpile started. Someday I hope to be able to say that I no longer need to purchase any more tobacco for the rest of my life. Uh, Rich Esserman is always a good listen, so of course I was glad that the Rich is back again. Even with all his years of experience, he never comes across as condescending or arrogant. 
That seems to be true of most people I've encountered in the pipe world. Uh, one of the reasons it has remained so appealing to me. Uh, you exhibit that curiosity without arrogance as well. I, I like. I, I think my curiosity has a dash of arrogance in there somewhere. But anyway. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Your musical selection was a great way to wean us off the holiday music. Sinatra and Martin are as reliable as a Swiss watch. Keep up the good work, my friend. Best regards, Bryant. Thank you very much. <laughs> Reliable as a Swiss watch. I had one that was off for repair for eight months, and it finally came back. Uh, and then uh, Dino says, uh, I agree that for new smokers, it is very important to try as many tobaccos as you can, but that can be an expensive thing. I think being involved with a local pipe club not only helps one learn from the, second, from the seasoned smokers, but it also affords a chance to experience a variety of tobacco with them. We are a very giving and sharing folk. Uh, it is also helpful to find a tobacco shop somewhere near you. There are fewer and fewer of those as they can be helpful in choosing tobaccos. Uh, they sometimes have open tins to sample and plan to attend one of the regional pipe shows where tobaccos of every stripe are available and sampleable. Uh, then Brian's advice about buying multiple tins, one to smoke and more to seller is key. Again, Rich Esserman's insight and advice is golden. Both seasoned and newer smokers can take away great points from his experience. And I love that no matter his personal pipe and tobacco preference, his observations are quite universal and pertinent. What a great way to ring in the new year with Frank and Dino. Excellent rant. Go get a Mythbuster. <laughs> Thanks for a fun show <laughs> to welcome in 2023, Dino. Uh, you're welcome, Dino. Yeah, uh, pipe clubs and, boy, pipe clubs and hanging out in pipe shops and pipe shows. I mean, you know, yeah, you got to pay to go to a pipe show, but the money that it saves you when you get a chance to try tobaccos. Mm. Uh, and then Casey Ghost says, another really good show puts episode one of 2023 down as a winner. Your idea for selling it is right on the mark. Buy what you can afford, smoke one and sell or the rest is the way to go. As you do this and run into a change in how you taste things, you can uh, you can use your excess, you can sell your excess off for something you do like, or you can just send it to Steve Fallon to sell it for you. Uh, good interview again of Rich Esserman. The guy has just has a real ability to tell you what he likes and dislikes in tobacco and pipes in a way that is not offensive regardless of which way you feel about it. Uh, it was funny when you tried to convince him that a straight pipe smokes better than bent pipes. <laughs> you kept trying, but he didn't bite on any of it. I personally think there isn't much to choose between the two. Of course, I have the taste buds of a Neanderthal. And uh, what music? Frank and Dino singing Auld Lang Syne. Yeah, boy, that's, you know, that that's a, must be a great piece of music when both Dino and Casey Ghost agree on it. Uh, and finally, Honky Tonk Man says, Brian, Kevin, thank you for another great show. I always enjoy uh, listening to Rich on the show as well as the greats of our hobby. Really enjoy the way Rich starts talking about a question posed to him and goes off on his fantastic story of his experiences. Wonderful. Uh, the music choice was a given, at least the song, both with a pairing of Frank and Dino spot on. I took to listening to old-time radio over the holidays, really enjoyed listening to the original crooners, and a complete change from what is being done nowadays. Uh, just one thing, the picture of Rich, is he holding, is the pipe he's holding his Dunhill ODG Bulldog? <laughs> a little belated Happy New Year to you and all your listeners. Um, that is a, that is something, that is not a Dunhill that he's holding, that's some other pipe and i can't tell exactly what the brand is but i'll ask rich and i'll find out for you yeah uh you know talking about fun go to archives.org and you can listen to the old radio shows and they're complete with their ads and everything in there all right again comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com if you are a pipe smoker of five to ten years of experience email me brian at pipesmagazine.com and in just a moment here comes rant time Thoid Floor Men's Clothing. Suits, shoes, ties, trousers, cufflinks. Going up. I beg your pardon, but on what floor might I find the luxury tobaccos, pipes, and accessories? 
Well, I'll tell you, pal, if it's those things you's looking for, you need to visit tinbids.com. Ah, yes, of course. You mean the pipe collector's auction site, right? That's right, Mac. You can buy and sell pipes, accessories, and vintage and hard-to-find luxury tobaccos. You know, just like you were saying. So I can sell my pipes and tobaccos too? Why, that's just fine. Yeah, you bet your life, buddy. So, what'll it be? Can you take me to the floor where the computers are then? What's a computer? Visit tinbids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and sign up today. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Attention spans. Yeah, this rant is not for most of us. This rant is for uh, most of the new generation or the younger kids or the people that are you know, dealing with TikTok and all those reels and whatever. It's short attention span. And who remembers short attention span theater? I mean, those were four and five minute clips and those were short back in you know 20 years ago. Well, now these short attention span videos that these younger people are all digesting, well, they're all, you know, what, 20, 30 seconds, a minute, and these people are just consuming masses of them. Well, here's what I found out. Uh, so when I took my uh, screens uh, little vacation that I took for three or four days, I found out that I, too, was suffering from short attention span issues. And I thought, you know what, what's the cure for this? Well, here's the cure for it. Uh, Long-form podcasts like these, of course, and and reading. Yeah, unplugged reading of a article or a magazine or a book. Unplugged, non-electronic reading. So, if you have any young people in your life, uh, here's what I've started doing. I read for at least 30 minutes each day, usually early in the day, just unplugged reading of something that is just words on pages just words on pages and that gets you know i'm building up my attention span again and uh, getting away from all these little clips and twits and whatever the hell that tiktok stuff is and all that that's just a barrage of garbage thrown at people so remind your young people if you want to keep your brain alive get off these little clips and get out some printed pages and read for 30 minutes a day Usually in the morning for me. All right, again, comments, questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Thank you very much to Matthew for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Between the length of the show and all that coffee, I almost wet myself.